Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Well, good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. You know, Doreen, today, today, I feel like <laughs> you are censored. You are censored. Was that indecent? It, it was very indecent, my friend. You cannot talk like this. Not on LinkedIn. Not, Not on LinkedIn? Okay. Not well. in public, okay? Because here we have a beautiful international community. So we want to ensure that we remain respectful to them, right? And tell us, tell us where you are coming from, where you're tuning in from, I should say, because we know you are watching us from all over the world, people in the US, people in Canada, people in Asia, people in Africa, people in Europe. We love you all and thank you for joining us every Saturday morning on Good Morning LinkedIn. And let me pull up our friend here, always Shim who is part of the Good Morning family now, who loves it when you know you interact with us, when you drop your comments, questions, experiences, examples, you know, in the conversation with us. This is all of us together having, you know, no BS conversation because it's Saturday morning and we just enjoy it, right? Yeah, you know, Doreen, let me, let me ask you a question. So a few weeks ago, did you watch the Rihanna Bowl? I meant the, the, the Super Bowl. <laughs> of course I did. I didn't watch the game or I, like somehow watch the game just for the halftime show. And let me tell you something. Rihanna was bombed. And many out there congratulated her, right? Because... That wasn't the best performance of the year, okay, but listen, she performed while being pregnant and she was in the air, you know, singing, flying and doing all of this. So yes, I have watched her show and 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 I loved it. What did you think about it? You know, I, I thought it was I thought it was decent. Um it wasn't the all-time best, but it was still pretty good. But here's the thing, you know, you know it was the second most watched in history? I know, I know. Now, do you know, and let me ask you the question, leave your response in the, your answer in the comment. Do you know what was the most watched halftime shows of all the time? If Rihanna's was number two, who was number one? Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> You mentioned she was flying and she was up in the air and she was pregnant. And I didn't even realize it at first. You know, I was like, wait a minute. She looks like she's gaining a little weight. But should I say that? Is that OK? But but I think she performed a lot of her hit songs. And then the way she promoted her makeup line, that was actually yeah. genius. That was the brilliant soft selling. Right. What do you think about that? Uh, listen, you know, uh Search, according to Google, search for her skincare line, Fenty Beauty, increased by 800% that night. Yeah, yeah. So let's well, talk about standing up from the crowd and gaining visibility and being smart <laughs> about right. the way you promote yourself and you promote your brand. She was on point. Now, and, and for those who didn't see it, she was wearing mostly red. I think she was wearing like a long sleeve shirt and some pants. 
and she sung a lot of her hit songs. But then there was one spot in there where the camera was panned on her and she got this little makeup case from somebody on the side and she put makeup on her face. And at first, because I'm a dude and I don't know anything about makeup, I was like, what's what's going on here? And then some people had to explain. <laughs> I know some people had to explain to me, the slow dude, that she has a makeup line. And that was her way of saying, hey, here's my makeup line. And I was like, whoa, that was genius like that. It doesn't get better from a marketing standpoint because, you know, they don't get paid to perform at the Super Bowl. So she still found a way to capitalize on that opportunity. Oh, and, and you know, she didn't only did that. Um, she launched a, college, a collection of Fenty Savage, which is her closing line. She launched her collection, the special and exclusive collection for the Super Bowl. And oh. there was there were um, a pop-up store at the stadium, right? Oh, wow. And yes. Yeah, so she had like two, three, I believe, like pop-up store at the stadium. She had an exclusive collection for the Super Bowl. Then she promoted her uh, Fenty Beauty, uh, beauty uh, line, so makeup line. And then all the dancers, all the performers were uh, um, dressed um, in uh, Fenty Savage. So oh. 100%, it was a 360 degree <laughs> promotion of her of of all of her businesses actually wow yeah see that i didn't know so whether you like the show or not i think it was the prime example of how to market and how to advertise using your personal brand but there were a couple things there was one thing in particular that struck me as odd so in the u.s there's something called the federal communications commission they received over 100 complaints about rihanna's performance over 100 complaints about her performance. Now, according to TMZ, some viewers claim that the show was, quote unquote, overtly sexual in nature. Now, what do you think about that, Doreen? I think this is nonsense. First of all, we know it was the second most watched show in the uh, uh, the Super Bowl, right? So, oh, and let us know in the comment, in your opinion, who was the first uh, most watched watched show uh, uh, at the Super Bowl. But yes, yeah, so first of all, millions, millions of people all over the world, not only in the US, watched the shows. So what I don't understand is how with just a couple of, not even a couple of hundreds, just a hundred and something complained about her that would made a headline. You know, like if you compare like millions of viewers and a few, 106 i believe it was or 103 complained about her like why would that be a headline that's the first thing the second thing is like people said as you said that it was overtly sexual in nature uh other believe that some of the dance moves were patently offensive and completely inappropriate for children some said that they had to turn the tv off <laughs> because of the pornographic content okay now let me show you how she was dressed during her performance okay yeah she let's take a look at what was so offensive that is so offensive i'm i'm from head to toe she even wears gloves so you can't even see her finger <laughs> i am offended <laughs> and i'm joking I, am for anybody so offended. Listening. I was expecting at least to see her finger right <laughs> so now the thing is what would 
that kind of situation make a headline? Uh, and we had this conversation with Rob here. And we were like, okay, is it because like she's and let's let's see it. You you know you know us now. Like we are no BS here and we share our opinion. Is it because she's a successful black woman that it bothers people so much that they have to find something to tell about her performance in a way that they have to complain and to file a, a complaint about her? Like what's the What's the purpose and what's the outcome that they are looking at? And I'm going just to briefly talk about, and it was completely different, but I want to talk about the nipple gate. Do you remember the nipple gate? I remember. So let, let, let's let's explain to everyone what that was. So one year during the Super Bowl, it was Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson performing, and he did this move where he exposed her nipple and they called it check out what they called it now they called it a wardrobe malfunction um and, and there was some backlash from that as well there was some backlash but uh it, i'm sorry doreen but here's the thing uh, okay go ahead go ahead yeah well, well my thing is there was some backlash from that one and i do get it that was an exposed nipple which goes against FCC guidelines but for people complaining about Rihanna I'm wondering did you see JLo and Shakira a few years ago wasn't it last year and it was two years ago I believe right I don't remember and that's the thing but you know for for, for Janet Jackson there was a malfunction listen but I want to look at the impact of people complaining about Janet Jackson and the impact of people complaining about Rihanna they blacklisted Janet Jackson. Yep. They, they put her down for years, right? They canceled her, okay? Agree, disagree, they canceled her. Now, when you look, she wasn't alone. She, did, she, she didn't un, unveil her, her, her breast by herself alone, right? Justin Timberlake was there. And the producer, um, Timberland, was there. They were all praised. They were praised for the performance. They were praised for their competence, for their whatever, for their artistic uh, competence and so on. When Janet Jackson was canceled. Now we look at Rihanna. People are maybe trying to cancel her. That's how I see it. But listen, you can't cancel Rihanna. I'm sorry to say, I strongly believe you cannot cancel Rihanna. And here we have a very good comment from... Uh, Melissa here, who says, yeah. listen, she licked her finger, then moved her hand to her privates, just like Michael Jackson. Who complained about Ma Michael Jackson? Who that said that Michael... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Who said that Michael Jackson's performance was pornography? Right? Yeah. So here there is a double standard that we wanted to touch base before diving further into uh, to this topic that we believe is important to address. The double standard when it comes to judging what is appropriate and what is decent based on who does it here, like obviously between men and women, but also the difference of, in, in perception and judgment based on uh, a person being a black a woman of color, a person of color, or, you know, coming from a minority. So all of those things just mix and mingle to create yeah. something that I do believe is not healthy. Well, and I think there's some other elements to add, too. I think the, there's the element of position and power, too. Because like you just said, I don't think anybody can really cancel Rihanna, but I think the reason that you can't 
is because of the position of power that she holds nowadays. Wasn't she uh, recently declared to be a billionaire? She uh, is. Self-made yeah, billionaire. And she's right. backed up by Elvia Mash, the, the, one of the most powerful and biggest, uh, um, how we call it in English, conglomerates in the world. So Yeah. So, so that begs the question of today's topic, the decline in decency. Is there one? Is it real? Is it fake? Is it just in our heads? I believe there is one. But the decline in decency is a societal issue that has been going on for several decades now. And it refers to the gradual erosion of morals, values and civility in public spaces, in the media and in pop culture. And it surely has been brought on by a number of factors. Think about it. We've got technology. Everybody's on their cell phone. We get information in an instant, shifting societal norms and also the impact of mass media and social media. And I think mm -hmm. it's caused somewhat of a decline in um, in decency in society. Now, I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but I'm, I'm curious, what does the audience think? Is there a decline in decency in the society as we know it? And as you let, uh, know, let us know what you think about it, let, let's welcome uh, some of you on the show today. I see Sailor from Nova Scotia, Canada. Hello, fellows. I hope you are doing well. We have Adib from Tunisia. Salamu alaikum. We have um, Benita. Hello, Benita from Calgary, another Canadian fellow. Um, oh, so Benita said, Maybe Prince was the the most watched uh, half show performance. Good guess, but that's not right. No, that was right. Uh, Wait, that's not here. right, is it? It wasn't Prince, right? It was a. Uh, no, it else. wasn't Prince. No, okay, we I did our so, homework. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was not Prince. Uh, Kevin Miller, hello, Kevin. The most modern entertainment is absolutely filthy now. I agree with exactly. that. Yes. Yeah, 100% agree with that, man. Kimberly, good morning. Good morning. It's nice to see you today. Uh, Pierre, Pierre Gauthier from Quebec. Bonjour, Pierre. So from Magog. Oh, so bienvenue. Welcome. See, here we speak all the languages. <laughs> you know, who else is here? Uh, we got Therese here. She said oh, yes, that I she's do. noticed a decline in decency. Oh, wait. She said, I'm not the demographic for Rihanna but uh thought she did a great job she'd like to see other pregnant women perform like that and did anyone notice she can sing <laughs> you know so here's one thing that's worth talking about so i think a lot of people think that the decline in decency was due to hip-hop music a lot of people blame it on rap but you gotta think all the way back to like the 1920s the 1950s and i'll give a few examples so the first time Elvis shook his hips on television. They called him deplorable. They said it was the worst thing ever. And if you think back to the old sitcoms from the 50s, they wouldn't even show a husband and a wife sleeping in the same bed. There was this one sitcom, and I can't remember the name of it, but the husband went to his bedroom and the wife went to her bedroom. Then we all remember the Beatles, one of the greatest groups alive, well, one of the greatest groups to exist, I won't say alive, because not all of them are alive still, right? But um, they had, I remember when their song first came out, uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Well, I don't really remember it because I wasn't born, but I remember the song. 
there was so, an uproar about a song where a man was talking about holding a woman's hand. And so as we broke down certain barriers, because certain things were just too far one way. So we broke down certain barriers and you could talk about certain things on television. And then I think all of a sudden we hit a point where we just went crazy and started allowing all kinds of stuff. Um, you remember any of those songs, Doreen, or any of those things? You know I don't. <laughs> well, I don't really mean like remember where you you were like alive. I mean, do you remember reading about them and stuff? <laughs> I remember. I remember um, Prince actually, and you you should share the story you told me about uh, Purple Ren and his album. Ah, so in 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 the U.S. I know in, in, in some other countries now, you have a sticker, like a warning label that comes on um, records or you used to when there were records and CDs and tapes. But now when you get to the iTunes store, you'll see a label saying that uh, parental advisory is suggested for a certain song. Well, in the U.S., there was a group that advocated for that. It was called the Recording Industry Association. And so they wanted to put this label to warn parents that the contents of certain albums weren't meant for uh, children. And from what I remember, because I was actually around at that time, and from what I understand and from what research has shown, one of the very first albums that they wanted to put that label on was Prince's Purple Rain album, which by the way, was a good album, but yeah, that thing was sexually explicit. I mean, it was, but, but the way he did it, a lot of stuff was in undertones. So he didn't, he wasn't outright and overt, but it was 100% way out there. However, they didn't put the, the label on that album initially because they hadn't conceptualized it yet. They didn't know what it was going to look like. So mm -hmm. one of the albums to get it was uh, an album by a group called Judas Priest called Painkiller. And that was in September of 1990. Now, you had other albums that had it on there, too. For example, many people remember this rap group from the United States called N.W.A. And we won't talk about what N.W.A. stands for. But they had an album called Straight Outta Compton that had one song on it that was, well, titled F the Police. Mm -hmm. So they eventually ended up putting that label on that album, too. But it all kind of came to a head around the late 80s when people said, okay, now this is really, really bad. And I will admit, some of it really was kind of bad back then. Uh, the stuff that we was that we were listening to was, uh, it was, it was, it was out there. But, you know, it was, I like that you said it was, it was bad, bad back then. Uh, because we see how, you know, what is considered normal and indecent has evolved to the point where I do believe today uh, there is there is no limit, right? And and we're gonna talk about it. So so let's let's dive into the topic. Let's talk first of all about the erosion of the erosion of uh, moral values and civility, right? Uh, um, mass shootings, racial hatred, social injustice, and civility. And I'm sure many of you have faced incivility, fraud, and we have uh, <laughs> Mr. Froster here, the expert here on the show. So fraud, 
white supremacy, right? So here we are talking about uh, the US. Uh, are just a few examples of, of the moral decay uh, in America. And so these extremes, these extremes forms of behavior uh, have occurred because of a decline in morality and ethical behavior. Now, let me uh, clarify the difference between morality and ethical behavior, and you will see how it is connected, right? Morality is the system through which we determine right and wrong conduct, right? For example, the guide to good or right conduct. It describes how people in their everyday actions and judgment make decisions about right and wrong, right? This is simple. This is the basics. Now, ethical behavior is a set of standards such as those embodied in the code of ethics. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, morals are the prevailing standards of behavior that enable people to live together, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Cooperatively in groups as it provides guidelines for behavior. Okay. And it often requires that people sacrifice. And here's where it's very important. Morality often requires that people sacrifice their own short-term interest for the benefit of society. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let, let's pause right there and say that one again, mm -hmm. because morality, say that again, it does what now? <laughs> it often requires that people sacrifice their own short-term interest for the benefit of society. And we know that we are now evolving into a society that is about the me, myself, and I mentality, where it's about individuality and not togetherness, no longer togetherness, right? So I believe this is where you see a shift happening, actually, in, in people prevailing their own personal interest. And I want to add short-term interest rather than the good for our society. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we could talk all day about that, but but we won't. But I think when you share a set of common goals and values with a group of people and you act on that shared set of common goals and values, society works in harmony. When you have so many people going in so many different directions, like the me generation, it's all about me, me, me. It causes mm -hmm. a bunch of chaos. And that's what we're experiencing right now is a bunch of chaos. Exactly. And, and, and one of the problems, actually, with the way we define morality today is for most people, it depends on subjectives or subjectivism, right? It's no longer about, okay, what's good for the society. It's what do I think personally about it? And so, in other words, individuals define what is moral and immoral for themselves in their own unique situation where there is no more commonly accepted standards of behavior. And you see people, so you see people disrespecting the police. I'm not going to get into, you know, violent police violence in, in the U.S. That's another topic. But you can see that even back home in France, I, I, I hear the stories, you know, from, from our grandparents where, you know, they would fear the police, that they would respect the police back then. But right. now people, the young people, they are so confrontational. They no longer fear. They no longer respect. They, they no longer like put value on what the police does represent within our society. Right. So this is just a simple example here just to show you how it has shifted and how, you know, it can be dangerous because now we are not thinking about 
us as part of a society, as part of a community. We are thinking about us as part of our own individuality and what we can do to serve our own interest, no matter the impact on others. Oh, absolutely. You can even take it to another level. Look at the way we treat the elderly. Back in the day, the elderly were treated with the utmost respect, the utmost dignity. And now there are so many people that disrespect the elderly, but that's because we don't have a common societal standard like what we still do. Most good people do, but a lot of that is being broken down. That that, that That's this is it. How do you feel? About, let us know. How do you feel about it? Like, is it a topic that is close to your heart? Do you see it? Do you feel it? Like, are you scared about it? Sometimes I'm scared about it because I'm like, okay, what's the next step? You know, what will come next? I feel like we have reached the the max of the max of what will be next. And oftentimes I give the example of uh, Nicki Minaj in her uh, video clips, right, where she as she promotes her bottom and she will just showcase her bottom from the inside out. And I'm sorry to say it, but that's the, that's what it is. <laughs> well, that was actually a nice way of saying it. I was thinking of it another way, but I'm glad you said it like that. She was showcasing her bottom. See, I was going to say she was showing her blank. Her, you know okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, you put it a um, real nice way. And I'm like, okay, so what do you want to show us next? Like, really, what's next? I think for me, it's just it's just mind-blowing. So let's let's talk about, so number one, we mentioned the erosion of moral values and civility, and we talked about, you know, the difference and the, how morality, you know, do compl does complement ethical value, but that now, instead of thinking of terms of society, we, we think in terms of individuality. Now, next. My friend. Ooh. So next is the normalization of explicit language and behavior. That's a big one. You know what? So Doreen, there was there was you and I were talking about this and you brought this one up. Let's talk about this one thing that I'm seeing that's real disturbing. And I'm probably going to say something that's going to make some people mad, but I don't care. As There's, usual. <laughs> I know, right? There's this proliferation of people who flip the middle finger out and, and take selfies with them flipping the middle finger. What is that all about? That that's a younger generation thing. Like I don't I don't understand that. What the heck is that? That's the rise of the middle finger, my friend. You are not aware of that trend? Well we need to cut it off. I mean <laughs> look, okay, so so let's let's explain what that means though, because any cultures, the middle finger is a bad sign. It, it means, you know, basically F you. So if you look on Instagram, TikTok, wherever, you see a lot of kids, they will have selfies and they will be doing the middle finger. And I just don't get it. You know, but look at this. It's censored here, people censored. But the thing is, and that's the thing, you know, what was considered once uh, you know, um, impolite and inappropriate, I should say, is now being normalized everywhere. The video clips, the TV shows, on the streets, when driving, and okay, okay, when driving. Like, let's be honest here. Have you ever <laughs> given a middle finger when driving, Rob? <laughs> you know, I never have when driving. Now, I, I have used it before, but I think the point that we're getting at here is 
it's being used a lot and it's globally and accepted and it's every once in a while people curse right every once in a while i, I curse it just happens because you know because i'm human but i think now everybody's doing it and it's becoming globally acceptable to be weird and here's the other thing now is i'm gonna say something else that's gonna, really gonna probably make some people mad but just being very honest quite frankly when you see like young ladies doing it it really is like for for men it's a turn off it's like ugh what the heck like what yeah no you that's know? not sexy that's not classy that's not elegant but the same right. for a man too you know like when you see a man doing the middle finger like at the end of at the beginning of each sentences or whatever like this is not sexy neither right so yeah and, and i think there have... is a time and place for certain things but yeah i think seeing it all over the place it's just crazy and 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 that's the thing and now you're seeing on social media but why we know the impact of the pop culture the hip-hop culture right on society uh, and so once and the thing is once it once it has impacted the american society it will impact the rest of the world right so because people will duplicate will reproduce the same behavior the same vibes the same video clips and so on and so on and so now it's not surprising that you see like the young generation young people doing it like and sometimes you see videos on social media of kids doing it right yeah. why because they see their family members their parents or whoever doing it on a regular basis so it's just for them, I think it's just common to see it and to do it as opposed to understand the real meaning of it, which is quite aggressive. Let's say it, it is quite, it can be quite aggressive if you look at the meaning of what it means, right? But where is the limit once again, when you see all these international uh, rappers, uh, you know, promoting um, and sexualizing women in their video clips, uh, promoting bad behaviors with alcohol with people uh, swearing cursing uh, every uh, every two words what is the image that you portray to the young generation you know and this is the kind of behavior that you make that becomes common just because that's what you see every time you turn on the tv or you turn on the internet yeah now uh pierre makes a really good point and i think this is this is really it we must have more family nephews nieces brothers sisters uncles aunts and grandparents gatherings everyone together to appreciate it but i also think too when you have that family around they teach you right and wrong and then they do something that society nowadays say is bad they shame you i think we should bring shame back to a certain extent when you see people behaving extremely bad because that brings us to our last point but let's recap first though let's recap first though Doreen. so we have a decline in decency in society and the effect on society is first the erosion of uh morals moral value and civility the second point is the normalization of explicit language and behavior and then the third point is the desensitization to violence and sexual content. Now, here's what I will say. We pretty much have my generation to blame for a lot of that. I, I, I'll be completely honest with you because we had the rise in um, uh, what they call gangster rap and mm. all of the violent movies. There was a rise in it in the, in the 80s and 90s. Um, but here's what I'll say. 
here's what was interesting back then. When you had these albums, these records that had explicit lyrics on them, there was an air of shame to it. So you would listen to it in secret so that your parents couldn't hear you. Now I see videos on TikTok and Instagram where the parents are playing it for their children. And I think that's the defining line. And when I say we need to shame back, we knew that this was bad, but we knew that there was something in it that was that we wanted to hear because it was bad. And so it was a moral, it was a moral battle. So we understood the difference between right and wrong, even if we still did wrong sometimes. I think that line is gone. I think now what we try to do is we try to justify bad behavior. For example, you mentioned Nicki Minaj. We got Nicki Minaj, we got Cardi B, we got uh, Meg Thee Stallion. And here's what happens. They say, these are just strong and empowered people. They should be able to say whatever it is that they wanna say. No. You can't say whatever it is you want to say. Certain things are bad. Certain things are good. And some people will still consume it. But trying to call bad good is like, oh, I can't say what I was about to say. You know what I'm going to, I'm going to say? And I'm going to try and say it in a nice way. It's like urinating on my leg and telling me that it's raining. Okay. I <laughs> That's an analogy. Listen, <laughs> you, you get the analogy, though. Either way, it's a bad act. So don't try and make me think a bad act is good. It's a bad act. Call it a bad act. It's OK. If you want to listen to the music, let's say I'm listening to some music that is explicit. Let's not say there's absolutely nothing wrong with this music. So mind you, I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to it and we can't listen to it. What I'm saying is don't try to normalize it and call it something that it's not. In other words, don't urinate on my leg and tell me it's raining. It's You're raining. urinating. I see you. <laughs> this is bad. You know, that's the point that I'm making. Yeah. And let's let's take a look at the comment here. We have our friend Gail. Hello, Gail, who says in my short term in making big money as up, uh, then sometimes I'm going to sacrifice to sacrifice my moral to compass. Oh, and if fame is connected to that money, all ethics and morals are about are out the window. Side. Exactly. Um, here, uh, Usama says, lack of respect and decency has spiked to a whole another level. That's that's very true. Yeah. Um, and here, uh, James says, um, this issue is so prevalent and widespread that we will need to start with our children. Most yes. adults are too far gone. It takes a village to reboot our values and ethical standards. This is exactly what it is about. Yep. Yeah. We have someone else here who says, Therese, who says, today's decency is not twerking for me. <laughs> that was a joke. I get that. That was good. That was real good. Did you get it? That was good. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> um. Hold on, what else, what else, what else do we have here? And she says, you know, as a wellness coach, <laughs> I teach some finger exercises, but they don't include that middle finger one. Oh, you are not on the rise, you are not on trend, but that's good. So that's really good. You know what? Let's go back to Teresa's thing about twerking, though. Here's, here's what's funny. Twerking is nothing new. Young ladies were doing that back in 1988 when I was a kid. But here's the thing. You did it. At the clubs at night. Yeah. Kind of shameful. You didn't really do it in front of your parents. You did it around people that were your own age. Now you got this crap happening at like the Grammys. We knew it was wrong. Because 
like I said, people do somewhat indecent things. That's just the way that we are. But I think when you normalize it all the time, there's now I remember, um, I don't know if you you know who Lizzo is, but Lizzo, she um, she's a singer and she was at the Smithsonian, I believe. And they gave her a rare flute and it was something like a couple hundred year flute. So a rare artifact. This woman took this rare artifact, started playing the flute and started twerking while she was playing the flute. Look, twerking is okay for at midnight at a club. But it is not okay at the Smithsonian. Some people might be mad for, by me saying that, but that is what I mean by we don't have fine lines for when certain things can and cannot be done. Yeah, um, but listen, listen to 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 that point. Actually, Gail is providing is is bringing a good point here. Like all these women uh, and people, not only women, you know, they are encouraged by by the masses to be more explicit. The more vulgar, etc., the more their music sells. It's the same on social media, and there there is a shift into considering what matters now and what doesn't matter. Right? What matters is the fame, is going viral, is the follows. The like, the likes, and we know on social media that if you want to reach that goals of you know like vanity metrics or whatever you want to call it, you have to be trash, you have to be vulgar, you have to be to go out of your own way in order to gain visibility and stand out from the crowd, right? So yeah. And it and for us who are creating, we are very active on social media. We are creating videos, podcasts, all type of content that are mainly either educational content or edutainment. We know how hard it is for us because we are not that popular on, on, on social media, right? We are not popular because we are not showcasing our bottom. And let me tell you something. Nobody I did, wants I, to see my bottom. Oh, <laughs> listen, I'm working on mine. So mine... <laughs> <laughs> so we never know now but listen I, I i tried something on youtube i have a channel youtube the ring banamara if you want to give me a follow there i would appreciate it and so it's a, it's a short it's like maybe five ten seconds of me i'm just underwater in the pool and i'm going out of the water and you know i'm, I'm wearing a, a swim swimsuit to date with all the content that i put on youtube <laughs> this is <laughs> my right. most my most viewed it didn't go viral okay but at my at my level this is my most viewed video i'm like what the heck i i work so hard to create high quality content to provide value you know to to help you stand out from the crowd in a way that is professional in a way that can allow you to reach your goal you know in a way that allows you to become the leader you were meant to be and build the life that you have envisioned for yourself. That's what I do. That's what I'm about. But I did try this and that was my most viewed video. So it tells you what do people value. And I'm sure today that if I keep posting video of me in the, in the pool, my channel, my, my YouTube channel, will grow, will grow crazy. But that wouldn't work for me though. That's, that's the sad part. You know what? Okay. Okay. In, in, all, in all seriousness, so here, here's what I will say. So um, one bad thing about this is that we're all being used and we're all being used for profit. So I'll, I'll give a, a history lesson. Um, so we talked about Elvis earlier when he was shaking his hips. It sold mm -hmm. a lot of records. He was a decent singer, but the fact that he was sexually shaking his hips. So the record labels saw that and they decided to capitalize off of it. Then they saw that 
putting attractive people on television work too. So you had these groups that would be formed, you know, like, like you had the Beatles, you had the Jackson five, but here's where the tipping point happened. Now, a lot of people don't know this and don't understand this, but back in the day, I talked a few, a few minutes ago about the group NWA, the rap group, one of mm-hmm. the most controversial groups of all time, but here's what happened. They came out with that album straight out of Compton and they sold over 2 million units of that record with no radio airplay, no marketing budget, no nothing. And so what the record label saw was we could actually sell records without spending a ton of money on marketing, especially if it was explicit content that got a Mm -hmm. lot of attention. Now, NWA did it without a record label. So the record label started recreating this explicit content and lowering their marketing budget, which actually increased their revenue. And that's when you saw the proliferation of vulgar content. Now, here's one thing they didn't understand. One of the reasons that the the Straight Outta Compton album sold so much is because, yes, a lot of the language was explicit, but it was more so political commentary. And so there was a purpose behind a lot of the explicit content but they just kept recreating this and they kept making larger and larger profits because they spent less on the marketing. And so you kept pushing the limits and that's why we don't have any limits now in a lot of the music that we hear. But a lot of people don't understand it happened way back with NWA. They didn't even have a music video. They didn't have a marketing budget. They just put it out. But because we could relate to what was happening in the songs, that was one of the reasons why we liked it. Again, the song F the Police had a real reason. I don't know how many of you have ever been pulled out of your car just for, I don't know, driving in the wrong neighborhood. But it happened to me back in 1989 and 1990 several times. And so we could relate to that. So that that was kind of the catalyst that started all of that stuff. So um, a lot to say, a lot to say about today. Just a reminder, today's topic was about, you know, the decline in decencies and uh, in our society. And so if you enjoyed this episode and if you want to listen uh, to our previous episodes, you can scan the QR, QR code that you see on the screen there. It will take you to uh, the Good Morning LinkedIn website and you can listen, re-listen uh, all the episodes and you know we have a lot of fun here and so thank you once again to being part of the conversation today uh, we do value your opinions and we do appreciate the fact that you share with us you know what you think and and your thought and and your experience uh, we learn a lot from you as as we always say um, just uh, before going if you want to learn how to uh, stand out from the crowd uh, without showcasing your bottom, but still, you know, <laughs> attracting uh, op- great opportunities. There's a book about and, that, right? Know, building yourself up. There is a book about it, and it's right here. This is Stand Out from the Crowd. So this is a proven step-by-step process. I give you all the keys step-by-step. So you uh, increase self-awareness. You uncover your strengths, focus on your strengths, build your personal brand and put yourself out there. Increase your visibility in a way that showcase your leadership, your thought leadership, and that allows you to attract better opportunity. So standing out from the crowd is a good thing, right? 
it's a must, I would say, in today's competitive environment, but you want to be able to do it in a way that is strategic. So it brings you, it attracts more opportunities for you to pick and choose from so you can build the career and the life once again that you have envisioned for yourself. The link is below. I will add the link below uh, uh, as well. <laughs> What's happening in the comment? I see you laughing there. You know I'm causing trouble in the comments. That's just what I do. Always. <laughs> so uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Gail here says another excellent conversation, Robert and Darren. Before I show any of my body parts, I will check in with you guys first and maybe even Usama. <laughs> we're here. We're family here. <laughs> well, so my response we to that was nobody wants to see me shake my moneymaker. <laughs> oh, oh, no, we don't. Okay. <laughs> Your moneymaker. <laughs> oh, Although people might pay me to stop. Line. Wait, people they might pay, pay me oh, to stop. You would be surprised they might pay you to continue. <laughs> <laughs> so Goodness. let's end the show with this punchline here. Thank you everyone again for joining us on this uh, live episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. We will see you next week, Saturday morning, or what whenever like uh, it is in you uh, know. Okay, I'm tired. <laughs> we will see you next week, Saturday, for another live episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. And next week, topics also is fire. As every Friday, I keep saying this, but every Friday, our topic is fire anyway. So you take care, you stay safe, and you enjoy the weekend. Thank you for being here with us, and we will see you later. Bye-bye. Peace out.